1: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick uh, winners.
1: Early odds with Joe
2: Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's
1: got an all-American field goal kicker.
2: Why didn't somebody tell
1: me? Chicago sports betting show.
3: Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've
2: got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about.
1: Over or under.
2: Under would be the key word.
4: We're all going to need some luck betting the NFL this week. Favorites won't stop covering, so we have massive point spreads, some QB threes, under center giving us the lowest totals of the season. No team has a playoff spot clinched. Club's eliminated, and it's fire head coaches season. Welcome into early odds with Joe Ostrowski, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. With all of the postponements, the plan is for NFL games to take place in eight of the next 10 days. One game tonight instead of the original plan of two today. If you have bets on any of these games, check your house rules. I was doing this yesterday with our legal books here in Illinois. They're all different. Some void the wager if the game is played more than 12 hours later than the scheduled start time. Others are good as long as it's played within a week. As always, check your house rules. Jim Sonnis is a senior writer and analyst for Numberfire. He also co-hosts the Covering the Spread podcast with Ed Fang. They do some college football and NFL. They're always excited when I get the call uh, to jump on (laughs) the show with the fellas. Jim They are asking us to bet real American dollars on multiple QB threes, multiple games that have moved 10 points to the spread. We have the lowest totals that we've seen all season. So how are you feeling about that,
5: doing that? Uh, Wild, Joe, (laughs) wild. It's so hard. So like for me, with my numbers and trying to bet games, it revolves around projected efficiency of offenses. When Baker Mayfield goes out to Case Keenum, I can have a very good idea of what to expect in terms of efficiency for that offense because we know what Case Keenum is, we know what the infrastructure around Baker Mayfield is, and I can I can put in that. But when it's suddenly Nick Mullins, it's like uh, I don't know, man. Like And not only Mm -hmm. is Nick Mullins, it's Nick Nick Mullins with no Jedrick Wills, with no Wyatt Teller, with no Austin Hooper, with no Jarvis Landry, and then some stuff on the defensive side, too. So there's so many adjustments. I'm just annoyed with the number of times I've had to go open up my spreadsheet and change stuff. It's just been a week of constant tinkering. We do a good job of adjusting... In isolated incidents, like you tell me, okay, Lamar Jackson's out, put in Tyler Huntley, what do you get out, blah, 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 stuff like that. We can do that pretty well. But when it's a constant stream of news, not just like across different teams, but within the same team, I feel like that leads to more inefficiency. So it's gross. It's very difficult. But I do feel like there's still an opportunity to win money if you are hyper vigilant with the news. The books are too. there's more guesswork and more guesswork leads to more inefficiency, more volatility. And that's kind of what we're looking for is better.
4: Jim, let's dive into this card. Since we have no buys, we can't really waste any time. (laughs) They're finally over, which is so strange. It's so deep into the season until the buys were over. Well, I'm going to enjoy Saturday night football (laughs) Patriots at the Colts. Please don't give us any COVID news in the meantime. The most fascinating angle to me, is that both of these teams are coming off a bye. And a week ago, the Patriots were the favorite. Nothing has changed, Jim. Nothing. They didn't play football. And the Colts are favored by two, two and a half all week. Sharp money coming in on the Indianapolis side. Do you agree with some of those sharper betters?
5: Uh, no, um, which is always kind of frightening because like people who are doing this are probably doing so for a reason. I just can't identify what that reason is. So I'm kind of perplexed. And I think that the, my favorite bet this week and the bet I feel best about is the Patriots plus two and a half. And I think that the money line is tempting at plus 118. But I think if it's going to be plus 118 for that versus minus 110 at plus two and a half, I'll take the two and a half and ride that way instead. Because I look at this indie offense and Jonathan Taylor is amazing. But what happens if they fall behind? I don't know if Carson Wentz can make up a gap against this Patriots offense. That's one path of failure. Second path to failure is the Patriots just outplay them. And I think that's, that's very possible given how good this Patriots defense has been. So to me, when I look at this game, I view new England and Indy's offenses as being very, very similar, but give a massive edge to the Patriots defense over the Indy, the Indy defense, Indy, what they do. The one thing they do well defensively is they, they tend to prevent big plays. They, you know, they play this zone style defense, which, you know, keeps receivers and beating them downfield. But like, who cares with the Patriots? That's not what they do. So to me, it, it matches up well on paper where I think that, uh, you know, the Patriots match up well, plus two and a half from a matchup perspective, from a, a meshing perspective, they also fit there too. So of every number on the board for this weekend, my favorite one is Patriots plus two and a half, just because I think the defensive gap here is huge. We're not getting a three, right? No, it, it's minus minus one ten. I don't think it moves anywhere. I think it sticks here there could be a buyback on the Patriots on Saturday morning. So I'd probably bet it now, personally. I mean, like now as we're talking, I wouldn't be shocked if it moves back. Uh, But yeah, I don't think it gets the three.
4: Yeah, it it looks like it's setting up. The public is going to be on one side and the professionals on the other. The professionals, hey, like any better, they're not hitting at 75%. (laughs) So something to keep in mind there. What's interesting with the chatter with this game, you don't fall into this, but a lot of those that I've talked to, that, like the New England side, buy into the old standard is, well, Belichick's going to take away what you do best. So they're going to completely sell out, take away that run game. I don't think it's that simple. And it is scary if you do fall back, if you're Indianapolis, and to depend on Wentz's arm, even though he has had a very strong season with Frank Reich. All of a sudden they reunite, and and he's playing some efficient ball. But I don't think it's as simple as that you can take out arguably the best offensive line in football and definitely the best run game right. this year with Jonathan Taylor. So I am backing the Colts. So we're going oppo on play <laughs> number one here, Jim. Uh, I It's going to be fun. I don't know that that they can match what we witnessed on Thursday night, but yeah. I can't, I can't wait to watch this matchup. I'm curious uh, if, if you agree with me here. I think the Colts are one of these teams. The defense is playing strong, talked about the offensive line run game. They can win on the road. They can win in the elements. It being a wide open AFC, it's not like the NFC where you have those three teams at the top and then there's a complete separation down to the next tier. I think they might be able to steal a couple of road games and uh, make some noise in the playoffs.
5: Well, I think the reason that they could do that is because they're probably going to keep most games close and that leads to variance. That can lead to some weird stuff. And if I look at my uh, AFC power rankings, uh, one, two, three... For either the fifth best team in the AFC, the problem is the Patriots are higher, which is why I lead to uh, back in the Patriots in this one. Fifth best team in the AFC, that could do some stuff in a situation where they can keep things close at all times. I would very much worry if they ever fall behind because I don't think they have the, the guys, mm-hmm. aka the quarterback, to make up a, a deficit, but they're going to be in every game as long as things don't go haywire right away. Speaking of
4: teams that might not be able to battle back after uh, falling behind in a game, how about the Tennessee Titans? (laughs) Let's talk about them uh, without Derrick Henry right now. We'll see if he returns at the end of the regular season. There's some speculation there, but the Titans are visiting the Steelers. Mike Tomlin is still an underdog. It's a very slight underdog. Some spots did move to a pick this week. But uh, he has superb numbers as an underdog here. What about the Tennessee Titans? Nine and four on the season at the Steelers. Six, six and one. Steelers fans very happy to see T.J. Watt practicing in
5: full this week. I think we're still not fully accounting for how bad the Tennessee offense is because they're bad. Like they're they stink. I know. Last week, I know they won twenty nothing. But if you tell me they put up 20 points on the Jags, that's different than like 20 points on a lot of stuff. I know they could shut things down in the second half to try too much. Julio sat for a lot of second half to rest up. They didn't look good. Now they go on the road. Uh, TJ Watts there. The Steelers have had a very good defense. They're healthier than they've been at times. So far this year, no major COVID issues on the Steelers' side. So I don't know why they're underdogs here. Looking at this, where the markets currently stand, the money line on the Steelers is at minus 108. It was minus 102 uh, Friday morning. So there has been some movement there. I still think that's my preferred route for getting access to this one. I think that I would take that Steelers' money line at minus 108. I think they're the better team. They're the better team. I don't care too much about home field, but they are at home. And I, you know, if you got the better team at home and they're a dog, you can get minus one Oh eight. I think that's a pretty advantageous situation. I'm trying to figure out why they're dogs in this game. Like defense is pretty even. I'd probably favor Pittsburgh by a tiny bit there. I think that their defense is more sustainably good. They both been good this year. I think the Steelers are more sustainably good. And then offense is. I might honestly prefer the Steelers. Like if they're on a neutral field, I might prefer the Steelers offense right now. Tannehill's been so bad since Mm -hmm. the A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry injuries and like, they're not back yet. So what could possibly inspire confidence in me to like this offense when they've given me no reason to do so yet?
4: Yeah, I can't really argue with the ton uh, that you said there, but I I would say when you match them up, it's more coin flippy. You you give advantage Steelers. I think it's really close. And you're right about last week. I said it all week on BetQL Daily. That was as unimpressive of a twenty to nothing win, a shutout yeah. that I've ever seen. I think half the league shuts out the Jaguars last week. <laughs> the Titans only had two hundred and sixty three yards of offense. Brutal against Jacksonville. So I I understand. Uh, Why you would go to that side. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. My guest this morning, Jim Sonis at Jim Sonis on Twitter, senior writer for NumberFire.com, covering the spread podcast as well. Little bit of speculation here, Jim, but uh, looking at the afternoon slate tomorrow, Packers... At the Ravens, Bears, they put up a fight for a whole half against Green (laughs) Bay, and then everybody in the world was on Green Bay minus nine for the second half, and they all cast. They all cast (laughs) those tickets. Packers, best ATS record in the NFL, remarkable, 11-1-1. And we've got the Ravens. They're terrific at home. They're now a big underdog. Lamar Jackson did not practice this week. Speculation on my part. But uh, I I think that's what's happening in the betting markets. That's why this number continues to climb. I don't expect them to play Lamar. You're missing three starting offensive linemen this week in practice. Five in total for Baltimore. If you look at their starting secondary from week one this season, they're all out. They're a mess. They've been a mess for quite some time. All the all pros that they have on that roster, season-ending injuries, I do like the Packers, and there's a little bit of value as long as you can get it inside of a touchdown. And if it's outside of a touchdown, this is a a nice teaser option, Green Bay.
5: Yeah, so right now I've got uh, Green Bay by 7.3 points, so that does indicate there's some value at 6.5. I would have preferred to get it at 4.5. I think that like on Tuesday or Wednesday, the Ravens told you there was a very, very legitimate shot that Lamar would not play when they signed Josh Johnson. Off the Jets practice squad at that point you should have jumped up the Packers then because like that was the time to get in on them but like you said I think that inside a touchdown there is still at least some value on this side and I agree with you where like I don't think Lamar is going to go because you look at the schedule next week they get Cincinnati that game matters a whole heck of a lot more than this Green Bay one does they all matter. You know, they're first in the division and Cleveland's right there. Since right there, Pittsburgh is still yep. kicking and screaming. So like every game matters, but next week matters more. Mm-hmm. So I think that may influence their decision with Lamar. And plus like Huntley is not incompetent. He's not great, but he's not incompetent. So I, I do think that there is some incentive for them to potentially, like if it's 50-50, I wouldn't be shocked if they said him. I think that's what I'm saying here. So for me, it's a stay away at six and a half, but I think there is still at least some value if you want to go. Like if you feel stronger about the Packers than I do, I think the Packers play really well in this game.
4: We've got the Seahawks at the Rams. For some reason, it was uh, it was a buzz early in the week when the Rams added all those players to the COVID list, but ever since then, not a ton of chatter about this. Yeah. And I know you have a play on this. The uh, Rams, the favorite, they opened as touchdown favorites, but that quickly came down. Uh, With the COVID news on the Rams side. And then late in the week, we got COVID news on the Seahawks (laughs) side. Lockett
5: and Alex Collins go on the list. And Lockett is a big, big issue for the Seahawks. Because, so like Odell Beckham being out for the Rams. They can plug in Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby. Obviously, you don't want really like Ben Skoranek to be like a focal point. But like he doesn't have to be with the offense, not not to besmirch Ben Skoranek, the pride So of,
4: many first touchdown <laughs> losers on him.
5: So many, dude Not to besmirch the pride of both of Chicago's Big Ten teams, you know, with Northwestern and Notre Dame. But hey, you know, it's not... You don't really <laughs> want it to be your number four pass catcher there. So I don't think that's a huge downgrade for Odell. I think it's a massive downgrade for Seattle being with no Tyler Lockett because instead of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, it's DK Metcalf and... You know, Freddie Swain's banged up. Uh, they've got uh, D. Eskridge banged up. Gerald Everett, kind of bad. The downgrade there is pretty big. The market reacted to the Rams' news, which it should, because you know Va- Von Miller matters, Jalen Ramsey matters. It didn't react as much as it should have to the Seahawks' news. So I think that minus four on the Rams here is advantageous. I've got it actually. We're at a touchdown, so I think that to me. Laying the four at the Rams, a good thing to do, despite the fact they've got a lot of dudes not available. It's more so because there are massively impactful guys, a.k.a. just one, I just lock it, on the Seahawks side who will not play in this game, and I think we're not accounting enough for, for him not being out there. With Jim Sonnis, numberfire.com, going over the NFL card, we don't want to spend a
4: lot of time on the Bills. They're a huge favorite. These huge favorites have been covering last two weeks. If you're favored by more than a touchdown, You're 11-0 against the spread. It's remarkable. We know it's going to flip the other way at some point. We'll find out if it's week number 15. And Trubisky's not starting, so there's no fun talking (laughs) about that one. Looks like Josh Allen is good to go. Nice spot for the Bills. Uh, How about the other primetime matchup, Sunday night football and Monday night, of course, with Bears-Vikes. Let's start with Sunday. I first saw the schedule. I'm like, really? (laughs) <laughs> this is your Sunday night football matchup. We've had so many great primetime games and then back to back nights. They're giving us kind of garbage. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see if it actually is that Bucks are favored by double digits. Divisional matchup at home. Bucks have dominated there, six and zero straight up five and one against the spread against the saints. But this one's tricky. Yeah. Not only do you have Alvin Kamara return and they are six and two with Kamara on the field, and they've beaten some really good teams. Brady is 0-3 in the regular season against the Saints since arriving to Tampa. Any thoughts on New Orleans at Tampa
5: Bay? Yeah, so once it got to 11 and a half, I think that there was some reason to look at the Saints because they're probably going to be able to keep this low scoring just because, I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot, and that keeps games lower scoring. So I think that could... Because of the low scoring nature of the game, it's tougher to cover a big spread. So that did at least get me to check out uh, 11 and a half. The reason I've not done so is because it's a bad mesh, a bad stylistic mesh between the two teams. Talked about that before at the Patriots. Good stylistic mesh with with the Colts defense. The Saints are a horrid mesh with the Buccaneers because they want to run the football. I'm not sure if (laughs) some... I know that they played well last week, but his throwing didn't look good. And he had like a weird one where like he couldn't get the football and just dropped it. And that got glossed over because it's the Jets. The Bucs probably not going to be as forgiving of mistakes as the Jets were. I know it's a, the hot take there, but I think that's why I talk myself out of taking 11 and a half, despite the fact I think there is value in that right now. My numbers make this 9.4 points in favor of the Buccaneers. I'm probably not going to take it unless it moves more because of the bad stylistic mesh between the two teams. But I will say if I were to have a play in this game, it'd be taking the points at new Orleans. I would just need to move a bit more to account for the, the bad stylistic mesh between the saints offense and the Buccaneers defense.
4: It's not comfortable thinking about a Todd Bowles defense hunting down Taysom Hill. No, (laughs) all evening long. It, It could be one of those ugly ones where they just start talking about random things in the booth and they're looking for doppelgangers in the stadium like they were on Sunday (laughs) night with Aaron Rodgers. It just might be one of those things, but I am going to take new Orleans and the double digits. Uh, What do you think over under rushing yards for the game? 10 and a half between these two defenses. Nobody's going to be running the football and you're right. You're right about that mismatch. The saints want to run it. Yeah. But good luck doing it against the Bucs. It'll happen once in a while. I actually saw the Bears actually did all right uh, when they were getting blown out down in Tampa Bay with the run game. Yeah. Uh, Camaro means so much. I I think they're going to find a way to keep this game much closer than the experts think. So I'm going to take the Saints plus the 11, which has been widely available. And then we get to Monday night. Uh, This is another one of those games, Jim, that has had a lot of COVID news. Bears coaching staff, Bears players, same deal on the Minnesota side. Number has climbed throughout the week. Early on, it was hanging around three and a half, four late week. Now we're kind of in that
5: no man's land, five, five and a half, and I'm sure it'll get to six. Yeah, it probably, I think it settles six and a half most likely. So that's why I still think you could grab Minnesota right now uh, and take them minus five and a half. I do think that's the proper side here in like shocker. My numbers have said to bet the Vikings. Every week this year. So I went back and checked because like I was annoyed. Like I just get upset whenever I see that it wants me to bet them. So I went back and checked. Uh, they've told me to bet the Vikings 11 times this year. <laughs> and they're six and five oh. against the number in those 11 games. So like that's fine. I know that that's like a weakness. It's centered on passing efficiency. Their passing efficiency is very good. Yada, yada, yada. I have a downgrade in there for Adam Thielen being out. Because I assume he will be. Sure. Even with that downgrade being in there, it still says to go with the Vikings here. So I, I do think I will wind up doing so at, at five and a half. I mean, I'd like to do it earlier, but um, uh, I think that that would be the way to go in this one just because the Vikings passing offense still very good. Uh, the Bears still have implosion possibilities, coaching staff being out, like, is Nagy going to call plays? Probably. Is that a good I think thing? he always
4: has, though, Jim, if we're being ah, yeah. real. Yeah.
5: yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if they win, Joe, we'll know. We're going to know yeah. for sure. He'll be uh-huh. saying, oh, yeah, I was calling plays the whole time. And I'm like, all right, Matt, I believe you. But I still think the Vikings are the right side in this game. Uh, just It's so hard for me to be super enthusiastic about uh, this Bears team. I know they, they had that really good half, but in the long run, if you give me 60 minutes, I still think the Vikings are the better team. Here. So I think the five and a half the right way to go. I'd expect this to be a very big Dalvin Cook game with the way the absences on the Bears side have been breaking recently. Yeah, the Bears got to 30 points on Sunday, but look how they got
4: there. Big points. Look what had to happen. Right. Yeah. Special teams. The Packers have the worst special teams in the entire world. I checked. You know how to do this, Jim, when betting the Vikings. And I know you're talking about pregame bets, and that's the largest wagers people can get down. And that's what people care about the most for their contests and and the picks that they want to get in as they're looking for sports betting content throughout the week. But when the Vikings go up big in a game, and it even happened again last (laughs) week against the Steelers, you bet against the Vikings 100 times out of 100. They have led in every game this year by at least six points and they Jeez. have a below 500 record it is remarkable they're 13 games 12 of them 12 of the 13 have been one score games
5: yeah so last week like my my numbers told me to lay the three with the vikings i begrudgingly did despite the fact they ruined me in that game against the lions oh, yeah. whatever i know there's a reason there's probably an overreaction here yada 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 i'll do it uh, I was out for the first part of Thursday, get back, check the score at halftime, 23-0, man. Like, hey, I can relax, you know, turn on the game. And it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. That oh, no, oh, no continued until the ball hit the ground at the firemeet thing in the end zone. It's like just, yes, it's never fun. Even if they win, it's never fun. So, like, if you do bet the Vikings, don't watch. Like, just, I beg you, don't watch. Check it after it's done. Put your phone away. Spend some time with your family. Go for a walk. Uh, just don't watch the game. I beg you just because it's, it's going to drive you nuts and be bad for your blood pressure
4: at halftime. I actually did tweet. Oh, what do you know? We're actually going to have a game that the Vikings <laughs> are going to win by more than a score. Nope. whoops. <laughs> nope. As soon as I put it out there, I knew it was going to come back and I was kind of happy to see it because I was entertained in the second half. Yep. If, I, if I had to, if I had to. I'll take the points. I'll wait on Monday till it just keeps going up because it will. Then I'll take the bears. But am I actually going to do that? No, I'm just looking forward to the aftermath because the loser of this game gets fired or they
5: should. Well, I think the other thing, too, is this week there are going to be some games where you can tell it's going to move against you. So just like read that. So, like, I think there's value in the Bengals at plus two and a half. I think it's going to get to three. I'm not going to bet that one yet. It's kind of like the Patriots game. Like I'm okay going against where the number is moving if I think it gives me enough value. I think that number will get to three, and so I'm going to hold off. That's very counterprocessy. I don't have the phrase. We're going to make it a phrase: counterprocessy <laughs> to hold off. But I think in this instance, I'm reading that it's probably going to get to three, and it, once it gets there, I will dive in. But that game is is true. It's there. It was true with the Patriots game earlier. If you get a read that it's going to go against you, that's that's not doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means you just wait to, to get that number later on.
4: Going back to the conversation at, at the start of this, if people missed it, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. And Sometimes. Jim. Yeah. Jim was Sometimes,
5: just, In Very specific this, instances. This, this week, week is very specific.
4: This week, yes. Just wait. Maybe for the last month, we'll see how things go. You might want to wait, too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to take advantage. Because how, how yeah. are they going to
5: open these numbers?
4: Yeah. I don't know, man.
5: It's weird. And
4: hey, I, think I like- do like, with proliferation of sports betting throughout the country, something I do like, Jim, is that they have the guts to post the numbers. Oh, yeah, for Remember sure. Remember a couple years ago? Like, you'd have weeks at the end of the season
5: when almost Friday half the board up. was gone. Yeah, yeah. I think that 98% of the time, I'm not going to wait. Like, I'm getting it down Monday, Tuesday, feeling good, done. Mm-hmm. This week has been different because there are a lot of situations where I think I have a different read than what the rest of people do, and I'm okay putting myself out there a bit and saying, no, I, I think I'm right. You know, you dig in to see why that's happening. And if you dig in and see a reason that maybe you should rethink, cool, you know, get off what you were thinking and admit that you might have been wrong. But like, as I dig into the Patriots game, like, I don't know, I don't find a whole lot there to convince me otherwise. So I'm okay believing in my stuff and taking that, even though that number has not been advantageous to me. But most of the time, that's not going to be the case. So uh, I, it's tough. But as we discussed, I'm
4: on the other side of that. Right. Have I bet <laughs> it? No. <laughs> because carson wentz is not vaccinated so oh yeah i didn't think I've about g- that i've got to wait i've got to <laughs> wait to make sure especially this week what's ha- happening throughout the country and throughout the world jim sonas numberfire.com numberfire.com senior writer over there and check out the covering the spread podcast follow him on twitter at jim jim always appreciate the time i know you're you're going to be in the area for the next week. yeah hope you enjoy all, all the family time
5: I will enjoy the family time. I will enjoy the not having to drive to a casino uh, like (laughs) I do here in New York. So it's going to be a good week, Joe. That's for sure. Awesome, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you, too. Appreciate it.
4: Worth noting that now, Saints head coach, play caller Sean Payton will not be there for New Orleans. So keep that in mind. And like we said, wait. Wait gather all of that intel this week a busy busy week for sports gambling and casino news in the area bunch of important nuggets to share and we'll hear from better eric eager he's a data scientist at pro football focus this is early odds with joe ostrowski on 670 the score and the odyssey app
3: call from mom answer it
0: call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
4: The score listener line is open 24-7, 365, and powered by BetQL. BetSmarter, smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. 670, the score. I'm here every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski. All right, let's work through all of the Illinois sports betting news in chronological order in case you missed any of my hits throughout the week on the score. The news was changing each and every day. Tom Ricketts, Jerry Reinsdorf, and Rocky Wirtz lobbied the city council hard to get sports betting lounges at or near their stadiums, and it worked. It was approved on Wednesday... It's going to take a little bit of time, but if you don't have the apps on your phone, you'll be able to bet at games in the near future. This goes for Wrigley, Guaranteed Rate, the UC, Soldier Field, and Trust Arena. Now on Thursday, it was Chicago Mega Casino Presentation Day. Uh, two bids from Bally's, two from Rivers, and one from Hard Rock all five bids were presented. The pitches are for McCormick Place, two bids in that area, the Tribune Publishing Center, the 78, in, which is in the South Loop, and a spot near the current Soldier Field. This will be a process. It is probably going to take years. And yesterday, Governor Pritzker signed HB 3136. Here's what this means in person signups go away on March 5th of next year. So think March Madness. If you want to get all the apps on your phone and you don't want to go sign up in person. Hopefully within the next week or so, you'll be able to bet on collegiate events involving Illinois teams. Here's the rub. You can only do this in person. Yes, in person only. No live bets. No player props. This will be revisited in 2023. My guess is that's when you'll be able to do it from your phones with the in-state teams. Not ideal, but the way I look at it is it's a step. It's better than what we had and eventually we'll get it right. If you have any questions on this, I try to respond to everyone on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. All right, back to NFL week 15 story of the week in sports betting. How do we handle this? With all of this news and this drastic line movement, do we bet early? Do we bet late? That's where we started with Pro Football focuses. Eric Eager this week on BetQL Daily.
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I think, like, and closing line value in the NFL has not been predictive of winning this year uh, for a lot of the reasons uh, that you said. And so it's a tricky one. Like, for example, like, I bet the Vegas Raiders plus six and a half early um, I'm, I'm liking that number, assuming the game's played on that day. What I would advise, though, is just some of these movements are just too big, right? So uh, I think, for example, when Dak Prescott, and this wasn't COVID-related, but when Dak Prescott went from the starter to the, to not starting against Minnesota, that thing moved from two and a half on Dallas' side all the way to four on Minnesota' side, and obviously Dallas wins that game outright. The both two of the Colt McCoy in place of Kyler Murray games ended that way as well. And I think it's important to you know, when you're thinking about, you know, placing these bets, you wanna think about okay, if if absolute chaos happens, what's gonna to happen to the line? Right? And in, in Raiders browns if absolute chaos happens and, and it's and it's on the side of the Raiders, like the Browns are gonna be favored by much more than like what, ten, right? Even against the depleted Raiders team. Whereas if chaos happens on the brown side, you're getting a good number, you know, Uh, and increasingly so. So just thinking about, like, the asymmetries, if you are betting early, and I still think betting early, obviously, is a big deal. It's just that the randomness inherent in what you're betting, the, the market's not necessarily moving your way or against you because you have bad process. It's literally the random stuff that happens that you had no clue what was gonna happen. So you do have to be careful. But but in approaching these, I think you have to just think, okay, if absolute chaos happens, which line move is gonna be bigger?
4: What I'm having a tough time doing right now is I, I don't want to go too far on the defenses that are playing well. But if we, you know we look at the last month, like EPA per play defensively after everyone was laughing at Kansas City for the first half of the year how pathetic their defense was now they're being viewed as a top three that's what the numbers tell us Uh, Dallas with all the turnovers they create on the defensive end are you having a tough time whether it's power rankings wise or just making your bets week to week not overreacting to teams playing good defense right now since we know it's uh, much more about the offense
3: yeah that's a great question Joe I mean I think that One of the things you can do in your betting, I think a lot of people use season-level stats, right? And, And the Chiefs are sort of this enigma where they're sixth in points allowed, even with all the stuff that happened early in the year. But they're one of the worst teams in yards for play allowed, if you use the whole year. So one of the things you can do is, obviously you don't want to dismiss what happened early in the year. But you can exponentially weigh it. So, like last week's game is going to get the biggest weight. The the uh, penultimate week is going to get a little bit smaller of a weight, and then week you know week sixteen of two thousand twenty is going to get a very small weight, right? And and doing it that way, I think really helps. It helps sort of quantify what some people would call momentum, but what we just sort of call like what's actually happening right now. But it also doesn't dismiss the fact that like if the Chiefs were outlier bad the way that they were in the first five to six weeks of the year, it'll it'll still account for that a little bit. Also, you know, the fact is with Kansas City, like you have to have some sort of player level model because, you know, early in the year they just weren't playing the good players. And now they're playing the good players, Willie Gay, Juan Thornhill, uh, Melvin Ingram, uh, huge additions to the team that weren't starting for the team early in the year. And then Chris Jones playing defensive tackle instead of playing defensive end right now. You know, part of it's also to consider the players who are playing on the team uh, because that in the Chiefs case, it's been somewhat scheme, but it's also been the fact that they're just replacing guys like Daniel Sorensen with guys like Juan Thornhill more often.
4: You mentioned you have the Packers as your number three team. I keep wondering when Aaron Rodgers toe is going to be an issue so far. It doesn't seem like it's translated to the field on Sundays, but I'm curious. Are you
2: concerned about that at all?
3: I think you have to be. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks probably in league history uh, of throwing wall on the move. And, you know, if he can't, I mean, we saw the last year that he, uh, you know, 2018 was his last kind of bad year. And, you know, that year he injured his knee in the first week of the year. He came back and won that game uh, against Joe's Bears. But then, uh, you know, kind of struggled the rest of the year with you know, movement and stuff like that. So, you know, Rodgers hasn't really been the reason the Packers have been great this year. It's been kind of a total team effort. It's been uh, Matt LaFleur being wonderful. But, yeah, if, if it were to start to hurt him a little bit, especially in the playoffs against a team like Tampa, who we saw last year put a lot of pressure on him in the, in the NFC title game, then I think it could have a marginal effect. So, yeah, it, it's something to monitor for sure. And it's not going to get better. Um, you know, playing on a bad toe, it's just something that's pain tolerance from here on out.
5: Eric, we discussed yesterday the odds right now for the defensive player of the year and, and where our thought on uh, who might win that award. Miles Garrett is the favorite slightly over Micah Parsons, who went from basically thirty to one to twenty-five to one to boom right up there near the top after his performance last week. Uh, for you right now, who is the defensive player of the year in the NFL?
3: Uh, I think it's Micah Parsons. The, the crazy thing is, you know, Miles Garrett's been wonderful. You know, there's not really a bad thing you can say about him but there are other defensive ends who are an edge players who are kind of similar, you know, Max Crosby's had a great year. Obviously TJ Watts had a, uh, a wonderful year. There have been guys who have popped up and so like you can actually make an argument that miles Garrett might not even be the best defensive end in football by margin. Whereas when you look at like, you know, our wins of replacement metric, for example, like Micah Parsons is the most valuable linebacker in the NFL. By a country mile this year. And so, you know, he's taken that defense. You look, you know, the Browns defense would probably still be pretty good without Miles Garrett. I think the Dallas Cowboys defense uh, would be one of the worst in the NFL if they didn't have Micah Parsons. So I think for my money, I think it's Parsons, and I think you're still making a pretty good bet if you take him at that plus price here.
4: Any other games uh, that really stand out as intriguing or sides totals you really like?
3: Yeah, there are actually two games in the 4 o'clock slate that had humongous leverage. and uh, you know a couple of games that i'm I'm looking at here, Cincinnati at Denver, total on that game forty four was forty three and a half. I'll still I'll take that thing probably up to forty five. Um, you know, I think the Bengals will move, move the ball really well there. I think the, uh, Denver with Teddy Bridgewater has the potential, especially given how good their running game So I like the over in that game, but that game's humongous leverage. com. we have a, an article about how much each game means to each team. Uh, that one's huge. And then a sneaky one, one that we did not expect for this to be the case, even a month ago, but let alone the, the early in the season, the Atlanta Falcons catching 9.5 at, at San Francisco. If the Falcons win the game, they become a coin flip to make the playoffs, which is outrageous given their point differential. And if San Francisco loses, like they're tied with Atlanta without a tiebreaker there. Um, I like the over in that game as well. You could also convince me maybe if I'm feeling uh, a little uh, uh, sick, I'll take a little bit of Atlanta too.
4: Data scientist at Pro Football Focus, Eric Eager. Always terrific stuff. And he makes you think, which I like. When I'm not on the score, catch me on BetQL Daily, live weekday mornings, 8 to 11 a.m. It's on 105.9 FM, HG2. The Odyssey app, just search the BetQL network betql twitch page or the betql daily podcast available there 24 7 let's continue on this chaotic week 15 with hawthorne and points bets jim miller this is early odds with joe ostrowski saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 the score and the odyssey app Start your sign-up process for an account on the PointsBet app today. Registration is then easy to complete at one of our three convenient sportsbook locations, the most in and around Chicago, more than any other sportsbook. Whether you stay and play or bet and go, come experience the top sports betting locations in Illinois. There's PointsBet Sportsbook at Hawthorne Racecourse, the closest sportsbook to downtown Chicago. PointsBet Sportsbook in Crestwood, the only sportsbook in Chicago's south suburbs. Points Bet Sportsbook in Prospect Heights, Illinois' newest sports book, Points Bet, where signups, cash deposits, and withdrawals are fast. Our friend from Points Bet and Hawthorne Racecourse, Jim Miller at Hawthorne Gym on Twitter, with us every Saturday morning around this time on Early Odds, here with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, the score. How we doing, Jim?
2: Doing good, Joe. Yeah, odd times. I'll tell you with sports, you don't know who's in, who's out. You have to wait all the way up till inactives on any uh, NFL now, Saturday or Sunday. NBA is interesting too, but hey, there's a chance where if you're smart and if you're sharp and you have the ability to wait right up till tip off or kickoff, you could get an edge based just on who's active and who's inactive. But is some weird times. It's almost something you really have to keep an eye on. Jim,
4: most of the season, part of the betting narrative on the NFL this year has been underdogs dominating and the public has had some weeks. They won. They had a, a nice stretch earlier in the year where they did well against the books, but now the favorites are taking over completely. And the big question is, is this going to continue into the final month of the season? Last week, Favorites go 12 and 2 straight up, 11 and 3 against the spread. Some more numbers for you. Favorites of at least three and a half points, 9 and 0 oh against the spread. If we go back two weeks, favorites of more than a field goal, 17 and 2 against the spread. If we go more than a touchdown last two weeks, we're talking 11 and 0 oh against the spread. Jim, you've been around this racket longer than I have. You know as well as I do. This ain't going to continue. That's why it's always very dangerous to strictly be a trends player.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. And everything does really come right right back to the means in the end. And it's weird because, Joe, this year it seems like more than any other season, especially for the NFL, you've seen more of these double-digit favorites and double-digit favorites covering. But usually you get this late in the season, things seem to tighten up a little bit. We're still looking at a slate of games that right now I believe there's five Double-digit spreads with the potential for even more based on what's going to happen with players being out due to to the COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm. But you're right. These teams are covering. You're seeing dismay in in, in the NFL. What's going on in Jacksonville? What's going on with Chicago with coordinators out? What's going on all over the place? It really is. It's been an interesting season. But like you say, the second you seem to think that you really have a grasp on it, all of a sudden the Jags beat the Bills 9-6. to Something odd happens like that. The Washington football team beats Tampa. It's going to happen again. I think we're going to have this hit us again. And as we get closer to playoffs with so many teams still in contention, there's still a lot on the line to play for. So I do think you're still going to have a few more of those upset weekends.
4: Just wait till we have more firings because you can now – have head coaching interviews in the final two weeks of the regular season. So you know some teams want to be prepared and ready to go at the end of the season for their next head coach. You're right. Five double-digit spreads right now. Seven spreads of at least a touchdown. And with all the COVID news, there are some games here that weren't close to a touchdown. And you have others that were around a touchdown, and now they're around to pick them. It's a crazy times right now, not only in the NFL, but also – Uh, Every other sport out there. Uh, Jim, I can't believe we're saying this, but Robert Quinn is two sacks away from being the leader in the NFL. Explain this. Not not Robert Quinn's play, because that's a good thing for the Bears. This guy was supposed to show up last year. But why isn't Robert Quinn listed as a possibility? He's not going to win. But why is he not listed as a possibility anywhere for defensive player of the year? For sacks leader, you can find him at 6-1 to one or 7-1. to one. I mentioned he's only two back. And T.J. Watt is going to be hobbled if he ends yes. up uh, playing this weekend. So that's an amazing story that it could be your sack
2: leader. But I can't believe that you can't find him listed when you can find guys that are 200-1. But I can't find Robert Quinn. All right, let me ask you two for a hypothetical on top of this. Okay, look at the Bears' final four games. They potentially, Joe, Uh and it's not likely, but they potentially could win out. If you win out and Robert Quinn, say, say he gets five, five and a half, six sacks over those games, you're approaching 20 on the season with a team that wins out. You're looking at the possibility that that he merits a look, and this is without having Cleo Mack on the other side of the line. This is with so many injuries. This is a guy that's had, like you said, the season you were hoping for last year. He's had a tremendous season. I think right now you look at the odds for stack leader and you play them. And mm-hmm. then you look at what you can get. You're probably not even, like you said, he's not even on the radar for defensive player of the year right now. He's not listed. I wonder if that. Yeah, I wonder if that changes in, say, two weeks. What happens if he gets two and a half sacks this week and two sacks next week?
4: I can't believe the guy that has the third most sacks is not listed for defensive player of the year. I made the case with Mully Hall. I thought this is where you were going to go. You went with the victories, but the case that I was making in the final month of the season is look at these offensive lines he's going against. Vikings twice, Seahawks, and Giants.
2: Yes, bad. Giants, who's the Giants quarterback going to be?
4: We, I, mean, we don't know I hope it's Glennon. Quarterback Please be, be right. Glennon.
2: I need it. I think it's going to be Glennon. Yeah. And look at what Minnesota's done. Minnesota, all season long, has played to the level of their competition. And because of that, they're probably not going to be a playoff contender either. And Seattle, they have their share of problems as well. I mean, they can't do anything. They don't have a running back right now. Lockett's out with on the protocols this week. DK Metcalf just seems unhappy and uninterested and Russell Wilson is still trying to come back from injury, there's a potential he could light things up for the last four weeks of the season and you can make some money on him.
4: I think the value for Defensive Player of the Year is Nick Bosa, 25-1, to and he's tied with Quinn, and he leads the league in TFLs. So he could be there at the end with sacks, quietly having a very strong season. There you go. There are a few awards and some stat categories that are wide open receiving touchdowns, one of them, but some seem to be wrapped up like offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year has done with Parsons for quite some time. And now it feels like Brady has the MVP on lock as long as he finishes out the rest of the season. All right, Jim, where are we going with the horses today for some money so uh, we can bet on the football later?
2: Yeah, that's right. So we got football later, which is fun because we're going to be racing later today at Hawthorne. So you can watch the races, you can watch football and do it all in the comfort there, right of the Points Bet Sportsbook at Hawthorne. So all three of these at Hawthorne Saturday, race three, bet the six, Just a Wonder across the board. Race five, bet the three, First Squadron across the board. And race seven, bet the four, Valiant Vinny across the board. All three of these horses, Joe, have speed. Speed is very good at this time of the year at Hawthorne. So let's see if we can make some money. Jim Miller. Best of luck this weekend
4: Jim from Hawthorne Racecourse. Go see him out there at Hawthorne and they have a points bet sports book there as well. Best of luck this weekend Jim.
2: Good luck to you and Survivor too, Joe.
4: Yeah, I hope to stay alive and I don't know what I'm going to do because the news will probably change in about 5 minutes. Also in 5 minutes we've got inside the clubhouse right here on 670 the score. Big thanks to Jim Sonis of Number Fire and Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus for dropping by and making this a smart show earlier. I need them to drop by to make it smart. If you missed any of it, use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app or check the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. Our producer, Adam we will get that posted in a bit. Catch me weekdays on the BetQL network, 8 to 11 a.m. via 105.9 FM HD2, twitch.com backslash BetQL, the Odyssey app under the BetQL network, or just check the BetQL Daily podcast. All the links posted on my Twitter feed, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Also appear on The Score four times during the week. Best of luck in week 15. We're all going to need it. Cast some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?